And this time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Wow, what a special Erev Shabbos this is. It's Erev Shabbos, Pasha Zohar, having had Tanis Esther behind us yesterday. We are excited about the forthcoming Yom Tov of Purim, which we'll, please God, get to in a few moments. Let's just be aware that this Shabbos, we take out two Torah. The first one, we read the Parshish HaShavua of Tzav, which contains, according to the Chinuch, 18 mitzvos, 9 positive and 9 negative. From the second Sefer Torah, we read Parshas Zohar, the last three psukim of Parshas Kiseitze. According to our rabbis, the reading of the Torah of Parshas Tzav is a rabbinic mitzvah. The reading of Parshas Zohar is a biblical mitzvah. Are women obligated in Parshas Zohar? So while the Chinuch rules that they are not, the Minchas Chinuch and others opine that they are obligated, and therefore women should make every opportunity, they should try their best, if they can, to come to the Pesach Knesses tomorrow for the reading of Pasha's Zohar. In fact, many synagogues have a special reading of Pasha's Zohar a little bit later for those women who might not have been there at the time. It's worth taking a peek at the last three psukim of Parshas Kiseitze, the Torah says to remember what Amalek did to you when you left Egypt. Literally, he happened upon you on the way. Now, what does that mean? So Rashi gives three interpretations. Korcha says Rashi, Lashomikre. Literally, he chanced upon you. This is such an interesting idea. Amalek stands for the concept of chance. What does chance mean? There is no hashgacha pratis. There is no divine providence. God does not run the world. And therefore, this is the alien philosophy that Amalek tried to give the fledgling Jewish nation. The second possibility that Rashi offers is Lashon Keri Vituma impurity, seminal emission, pollution meaning immorality Amalek came along with an alternative lifestyle and said gay marriages, these are also permissible and finally the third opinion that Rashi brings is Lashon Kor Vachom. Korcha coming from cooled you off from the word cold and hot. Meaning, all the nations of the world, as we say in Oz Yashir, Chil Ochaz, Yoshvei Poloshes, 
all the nations of the world were afraid of the Jewish people. Amalek showed, come on, you can attack them. And Rashi brings the famous example of the bathtub, which had water, which was nothing less than boiling. Some fool jumps in. And what happened? He was scalded. He was unfortunately burnt. But what did he do? He cooled it off for others, paving the way for others to unfortunately attack B'nai Israel. The Torah charges us, therefore, when we have when we have menucha from our enemies, we are to timcha ezecher amalek, destroy, literally, blot out the remembrance of amalek, lo tishkach, we are not to forget. Amalek, our rabbis teach us, are any nation whose raison d'etre, whose purpose for being is, God forbid, to destroy the Jewish people. As we say every year in the Pesach Seder, Shebuchol Dor Vador, Omdim Oleinu Lechaloseinu, Vakodesh Boruchu, Matzileinu, Miyadam. Im Hashem, tomorrow night, after Shabbos, we read the Megillah. And the reading of the Megillah tomorrow night is rabbinic. The reading of the Megillah on Purim Day is from the prophets, even on a higher level of obligation. One should try to hear the Megillah both times, at night and at day. Men, women, and children, the Shulchan Aruch urges, should be brought as long as they are controlled and they don't disturb the people around them. But men and women are obligated to hear the Megillah, please God, Motsoi Shabbos, and Sunday. If one knows of somebody that cannot come to the Beis HaKnesses, start today. Call your local rabbi and arrange for the Megillah to be read for them, either in the hospital nursing homes or at home. During the day of Purim we recite three brachos before we read the Megillah as we do on Mutsoi Shabbos. Al Mikra Megillah Sha'asa Nisim and the bracha of Shechianu. The Sfardim do not repeat the Shechianu on Purim day. We announce that in addition to the reading of the Megillah, the Shechianu goes on the three additional mitzvos hayom. With the reading of the Megillah comes the mitzvah of matanos le'avyonim, giving gifts of money, of food to the poor, and ideally one should give to at least two poor persons on Purim. If you'll have the chance of giving it to them directly, that's the best. And if not, put it aside on Purim and give it after Purim, or give it aside already today. And once again, call your rabbi, and he can arrange that this will be given on your behalf on Purim. 
And while the Shulchan Aruch does not say how much, I think minimally we should give to two individuals that which would be enough for a minimum su'uda, a minimum meal. So I would say give approximately eight, ten dollars to two persons. And then by all means, if we can give more, we should certainly try to do so. Our joy is expressed by helping others. The other two mitzvahs of the day is to have a poor meal, a special su'uda, most preferable to wash before one eats the Purim su'uda. And the other mitzvah is mishloach manos, to send food to two different foods to at least one other person for the purpose of spreading friendship, goodwill, and good cheer throughout the community. Haman, in chapter 3 of the Megillah, says to Achashverosh, there is a people, Mifuzar and Mifurad, scattered throughout your kingdom, disjointed. I strongly recommend we should send Mishloach Manos, but not necessarily to your best friend. Your best friend is going to be your best friend, whether or not you send him Mishloach Manos. It's that person in shul that you even forgot why you don't say Kachabis to them. That's the one you should send Mishloach Manos to help bring about greater friendship in the community. We include Al Hanisim in the Shmona Esrei and in the Birkas HaMazon on Purim. I'd like to connect Purim with Parshas Tzav in the following way. Among the nine positive mitzvahs in the Parsha is the mitzvah to kindle and to have a fire burning on the Mizbeach every single day. The beginning of this week's Parsha, chapter 6, verse 5, the fire on the altar shall remain burning on it, it shall not be extinguished. Now, the Gemara in Yuma, Chof Aleph Amid Beis 21b, tells us that even though miraculously fire descended from the heavens, there was still a mitzvah to bring Minahedjo. Man was to bring fire. Why? Why duplicate that which is already there? And the Chinuch suggests a very perceptive answer. And that is, God always tries to minimize his miracles. So even though the fire coming down from heaven was just that, a miracle, Hashem wants us to, quote, cover up his miraculous by our bringing fire every day. There is a very important lesson which this mitzvah is teaching us. We think that if fire has the capacity to burn, this is, after all, its natural component. 
And what we're being taught is no such thing. It's all coming from on high. As the Gemara teaches us regarding Reb Chanina ben Dosa, who was so poor and he didn't have oil, only had some vinegar. And when his daughter said, Abba, what are we going to do for Ne'er Shabbos? What did he say? Misha Omer, L'Shem and Shiyadlik, the one who gives and charges the oil to burn, meaning nature, which comes from on high, from Hashem, so too he will give the capacity for vinegar to burn. And it did so for Reb Chanir ben Dosa. My friends, this is Purim. Purim, the scroll that we read, is called Megillas Esther. The literal translation of the two words, aside from meaning the scroll of Esther, means to reveal that which is hidden. Namely, that after all, we make the bracha before we read the Megillah, both at night and during the day, that God performed miracles. Where's the miracle? When it comes to Hanukkah, it's open and shut. One day's worth of oil burns for eight days. Wow, that's a miracle. Where's the miracle here? I'd like to point out there's a universal custom that the one who reads the Megillah in the synagogue opens the Megillah before he begins to read it and folds it, poshta ki'igeris, like a letter. Why? Because if you read the Megillah as a scroll, chapter 1, followed by chapter 2, each of the ten chapters has perhaps its own independent story. When you open it up, you realize, wow, it's all connected, and you see literally the hand of God. And that's what we ought to do. We ought to reveal Megillas, to reveal Esther, that which is hidden. And interestingly, the Maharal, in his commentary on the Megillah, or Chadosh, in chapter 3, says this might be one of the reasons that we have the teaching found in the Gemara, Megillah 7b, Chayav Adam, Inish, Lifsumi Bepuria. A person is obligated to drink on Purim Adalo Yoda until he cannot distinguish between blessed Mordechai and cursed Haman. Interestingly, we should realize, especially today, we are drinking a little bit more than usual wine at the Purim Suda to relive the Purim experience. It all started in chapter 1, when on the last day of Achashverosh's party, Achashverosh drank Ketov Leiv HaMelech Bayayin. He drank too much wine. And therefore, this enabled Vashti to be deposed, making room for Esther, putting her in the right place at the right time. In chapter 5, when Esther comes with the orders of Mordechai, go and tell the king, plead for your people. So basically she had a three-word message. What was her part in the play? Three words, save my people. And what does she do? 
She forgets her line. You'll take a look in chapter 5. What does she say? Come to the Mishteh. Come to the party. And it's referred to as Mishteh Hayayin. At the Mishteh Hayayin, what does she say? Again, the king says, Estela, I'll give you what you want, up to half the throne and the kingdom. And what does she do? Again, she forgets her line. She forgot, save my people. What does she say? Uh, Come to the wine party tomorrow. While she was waiting for the right time, Hashem did his. Chapter 6, that night, that night, the king couldn't sleep. Which king? The king of kings? as well as Ahasuerus. And the rest, as we know, is history. Therefore, we drink more than usual. Why, says the Maral? Because when a person is under the influence of, he clearly understands that he is not in the driver's seat, but rather he's under the influence of And that's what Purim is. Purim is to remind us that we are clearly under the influence of Hashem and it's all how He orchestrates and it's all how He is the one who brings about what we call the natural, which is really the miraculous. And that is why in the future, The rabbis tell us that Purim will play such a prominent role because it's easy to see God in the miraculous, but it's a greater feat to see Him in the everyday, which is that which is Purim. So I conclude that not only are we to be careful, and you know yourselves, what will you say when you drink a little bit too much? And if what might come out is not proper and is not in praise of God, no mitzvah to drink on Purim. And be responsible to make sure that your guests are treating the I certainly are not driving. And even they, that they handle it and that we can elevate our su'uda, elevate our respective Purim meals to a truly spiritual high through the wine, bringing it as a Kiddush Hashem and not, God forbid, Echil Hashem. Shabbat Shalom and a Freilach Purim to all. <laughs>